Good morning, everyone. I'm Sarah, and I'm soon to become part of the St. Luke's diaspora as I make my great migration back north. As Martin might say, I rocked up just yesterday, and a decade later, I'm moving on. And as Dickens might say, it's been the best of times and the worst of times. I've sung along to Dusty Springfield on my wedding day, led by Rick. And I have cried in the office whilst miscarrying after IVF during a service that was focused on the miracle of Mary's womb. And Grace Pengelly was there to hold my hand. I grew up in a Methodist family. I spent Easter holidays at Easter People and at least part of my summer holidays when I was a kid at some sort of church-related holiday club. I was in a dance troupe called Feet First for God. It seemed cooler at the time. <laughs> and I played my clarinet in the church music group. Church was a happy, safe place. When I went to uni, I went to the Hall of Residence Christian Union and I swiftly left at something that they said or maybe more accurately how they made me feel as I can't actually remember what they said only that it was rage-inducing and that was the start of a few years in the wilderness. Later, when I started as an intern at Christian Aid and started spending my summer bank holidays at Greenbelt Festival Christian Aid and Greenbelt felt like my spiritual home. Faith-fueled, but not pious. Justice-focused, outward-looking and full of questions. This felt much more like the Jesus movement than the Christianity that I had encountered at university, or indeed seen lived out in much of the world. And so it was not being able to get to a talk by Dave Tom at Greenbelt that eventually led me to St. Luke's one Sunday morning in 2012. Martin asked me to reflect a little on the faith that I found at St. Luke's. So here's 10 things for 10 years as part of this amazing crowd of people. I'd like to say it's the wisdom that I've learned along the way, but more accurately, it's mostly the questions that I still have, the wisdom that I'm still trying to learn. Number one, just before I joined St. Luke's, I had spent three months living in the West Bank as an ecumenical accompanier, being with people under occupation and trying to demonstrate to them that the outside world had not forgotten about their human rights. One of the many things that struck me during that time was that at 4 a.m., whilst queuing to cross a checkpoint, men would find a piece of cardboard, line up to face Mecca, and take time to kneel and pray. My teammate described the checkpoint that we monitored as the nearest thing to hell on earth, and many days it was hard to disagree. But for me, the sight of morning prayer at the checkpoint was the closest that I came to seeing the holy in the holy land. Sometimes, when I'm wondering what the point of prayer is, which is pretty much every time I pray, I think about the way that Muslims literally, literally reorient themselves to pray. What does our prayer orient us to? 
What is the point of us being here in this space together and where does it lead us? Number two, despite 10 years as an Anglican, I still can't work out how the lectionary works. And I initially thought that the reading for today was the story of the Good Samaritan, which is one of my faves. Uh, but it turns out that's the story before Mary and Martha, and I think you had it last week. The Good Samaritan is all about how having the right opinions or performing the right religious ritual is useless if it doesn't affect what you do outside of those rituals. The last line is Jesus telling us to go and be like the Samaritan. He's saying, it doesn't matter where you're from, what religion you are, whether you are somebody that society has marginalized, you can absolutely fulfill the law of God by acting out of love for your neighbor. Number three, I know that the notices are the Marmite of St. Luke's. You either love them or you hate them. But they say something about who we are after we're done with the religious ritual, about what we prioritize outside of this little Sunday morning bubble. Dan, doing his night shelter notice in the first week that I was here, is a huge part of why I stuck around. Who are we the rest of the week? And incidentally, I love Marmite. As part of my preparation for marriage at St. Luke's, Dave went through the Enneagram with me and George, and I discovered that I was a type two. If this means nothing to you, I would highly recommend checking out the Enneagram as a tool for understanding yourself. Type two is usually known as the helper. Type twos, at our best, love helping people out because helping people is great. At our worst, however, we do stuff to help basically because we need you to like us. And so we will resent you if you don't notice <laughs> or if we don't feel that we got enough thanks. So today, when I finally worked out that the reading was actually Mary and Martha, it felt like God giving me a little wry smile. I basically am Martha, and I am furious with the way Jesus rocks up, doesn't notice how hard she's working, and then berates her for speaking up about how she feels about Mary basically being a bit useless. <laughs> Jesus' response feels like a patronizing, feels a little patronizing to me, almost like the calm down dear of 2,000 years ago. But actually, that is probably just my reaction to a man overlooking how hard a woman is working. So after taking a deep breath, I can see that maybe Jesus is reminding Martha that she doesn't need to do anything in order to be loved. And maybe that is what we're doing here every week, trying to remember that we are loved. And not necessarily because of how busy we make ourselves. Jesus says, stop being worried and distracted. Just try to be loved instead. Like in the poem by Rose Cook, it took Jesus reminding Martha that that is what she needs. It takes a community to help you to rest, to remind you to do it, and then to make the tea so that you can. In a community, some weeks you are Martha, slightly stressed and a bit resentful. But some weeks you get to be Mary. 
so there is no number five. Just time to take a deep breath, to be in this space, and to let go of whatever it is you need to let go of from the week just gone. Be still sometimes. Number six, in the Good Samaritan, Jesus says, go and do likewise. In the story of Mary and Martha, Jesus says, stop doing things. It's almost like you can't take one verse and make it applicable to everything. But all of the stories that Luke tells of Jesus are about encounters that change people. Encounters that change people not only for themselves, but for the people around them and for the whole community too. If we can meet here every week and remember that we are loved and show some of that love to each other, perhaps we can go out into the world and show the world the sort of love that it needs to. Number seven, people are messy and groups are complicated. Or as Kent Keith puts it, people are illogical, unreasonable and self-centered. Love them anyway. Number eight. Mary Oliver's instructions for life are to pay attention, to be astonished, and to tell about it. I can't help but think that being part of a community that gets together week in, week out, helps with all of those things. Well, I've been here at St. Luke's. It, fe- it felt like, it feels like, it felt like the rich world was finally catching on to the realities of the climate crisis and that white people might finally be starting to realise about the realities of racism and want to do something about it. But since then, we faced and we are facing the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, the rollback of abortion rights in the States, a hunger crisis in East Africa, the continued rise of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Many days at the moment, it feels like one tentative step forwards, five steps back. But our job as people who have dreams of a better world is to make hope convincing rather than despair possible. Being part of a community that meets week in, week out, might just help with that too. Number 10, I'm a massive hypocrite. This is directed really at me more than anybody else. I want to encourage you to get stuck in while I'm moving on. I'm telling you that community is the answer after a year of not really managing to be here very often. But that is why the blessing that goes with our confession is such a balm. For all of the ways in which we fail to be the people we most long to be, God forgives you, forgive yourself, 
forgive each other. Each week, we get a new try at being those best people. So my initial reaction to Martin's suggestion that I reflect on the faith I found at St. Luke's was that I'm not sure whether I found any faith because I don't really know what faith is. But I have found you lot, and maybe that's the same thing. Amen. Amen.